Hello, and welcome back to Battle Plan, a podcast focused on spiritual warfare. I'm Steve Hemphill. I want to invite you to visit our website at active-faith.org. And if you have a question about spiritual warfare issues, you can email me at stevehemphill1, that's the number one, at me.com, me.com. Last time, uh, I shared a great prayer success story from my uh, book, My Search for Prayers Satan Hates, and it was about Pilgrim's Pride, uh, a huge chicken distributor. Today, the title is Bill Was Planning His Suicide. Um, when I started to write My Search for Prayers Satan Hates, my plan was to share prayer success stories like the Pilgrim story uh, that I shared with you in the last episode, and I did do that. In fact, a whole lot of great prayer success stories. But as I began to write those, collect those, organize those, I prayed sort of a strange prayer. I said, Lord, please give me something special to put in this book that truly helps people. That was my heart's desire. I'd never prayed that before. I don't know why I did that, except it was just maybe the Holy Spirit prompting me to do so. And so I have a fantastic story to share with you today that's going to lead to a whole bunch more stories. It's very exciting to share this. Now, the following of what I'm going to give today is a, a summary overview, sort of, of what happened. If you want the exact details, uh, it takes a lot more time to tell them than we'll take the time to, to do today in this uh, podcast. But the entire story is recorded in my search for prayers Satan hates. And parts of the story are repeated and emphasized and expanded on in a later release, a book called What Are the Stakes? The subtitle for that one is God Markers on the Land. You'll understand that after you hear these, the story today in the next few days. Um, these are available, by the way, at, at Amazon, at Audible, on the Kindle, and in my web store um, at active-faith.org. Um, so here I am collecting and preparing these great prayer success stories that I'd collected over my almost 30 years owning my own business. And um, a friend called and he said, uh, is it true your next book is on spiritual warfare? And I said, yes, why? He said, I've got a, a buddy who's not a Christian. I've been trying to bring him to Christ for 25 years. He's a great guy. I love him to death, but he's been mad at God about some things that happened long ago. And I'm thinking that uh, since he has a spiritual warfare problem right now, and you're writing on that, maybe if I could get you to talk to him, uh, this is our chance to convert him. Would you talk to him? And I said, well, sure. I don't know if I can help or not, but I'll be glad to try. Let me just share with you a verse that's uh, about to be uh exemplified in this story. Genesis 13, 17 said, says, go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So I go meet this guy, Bill. And uh, I said, Bill, what's wrong? What's your spiritual warfare problem? And he said, I have demons on my property. I'm getting ready to commit suicide. I just wanted to talk to you first. Talk about pressure. Uh, I didn't know how to help him. And, and I wasn't sure what to do. So I just started 
praying. And as soon as I prayed, a strange verse popped in my head from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, I could not have quoted this verse for you if you'd offered me money, but all of a sudden I could see it as clear as day. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, I think it's verse 8 to 10, says you're living in a land full of evil. By the way, I think today we're living in a land full of evil. So uh, you're living in a land full of evil. Be sure and put my word on your gates and doorposts. Now, the Jews did not say, oh, that's just symbolic. We don't literally put those on our gates and doorposts. Yes, they did. They literally put God's word on their gates and doorposts, and they literally still do it today. And it's obviously, it's not a magic box or a magic uh, wand of some type. It's a symbol of their, their covenant connection with God. So keep that in mind. When he said, put my word on your gates and doorposts, they did it, literally, and they still do it. Um, so I said, Bill, don't kill yourself yet. You know, the Bible's full of bizarre stories. There's talking snakes, walking on water, resurrections, virgin births. Let's, let's stake your property. Let's put Bible verses on tent stakes and put them in the ground on the four corners of your property where this weird stuff is going on that makes you think you have demons on your property. Uh, remember, I was raised ultra conservative in a Christ, Christian home. Uh, I'm the last guy you should be hearing miracle stories from. Um, but I'm grasping at straws. Here's a man who's not a Christian, and he's planning his suicide. It doesn't get much more serious than this. So I said, don't kill yourself yet. Let's try something bizarre. Let's put Bible verses on tent stakes in the ground on the four corners of your property where these weird things are happening, and we're going to read the verses together and pray and see what God does, see if he'll stop it. And he looked at me very seriously and said, okay, I'm ready to try anything at this point. So we drove to his property together. Uh, as we got there, I looked around and said, oh my goodness, this property is poison. And he said, what do you mean? What do you see? And I said, well, everything it touches is either out of business or hurting. Uh, as, I, as I just looked around, there was, there was a building, a strip mall right beside it. Uh, there's a little side street, and then, and then there was a building that had several offices. All of them said for rent, for rent, for rent. There was a, an old nursing home right behind it, and it was empty and unused. And then there was a, across the street, there was a series of offices, and, and they were all, you know, available for rent, available for rent. Call this number. Right beside it was the only place that was still operational. It was a, uh, a parts store. And uh, it just so happened that I, I knew the owner of this particular parts store. He owned 32 of those stores. And this was a Saturday morning when all the shade tree mechanics are buying the parts and working on their cars themselves. And, and there's one car there. Well, that's probably the guy running the register. And this should be their busy time. So I'm thinking this store is not doing very well, even though I know this chain is doing very well. The guy that owns this chain of particular auto parts stores in the Northeast Texas area is very successful. I said, uh, hold on just a minute, just wait here. So I got out of the car, the truck, and I, and I started walking the circumference of the, of the lot and, uh, and just praying. I just felt like I needed to walk the perimeter and pray. He just stood there watching me. And of course, I went out of sight when I was on the backside of his building and and I came back around to the front. I was still praying and walking, just binding anything evil and asking God to put it in chains in the pit. We'll talk more about that later. 
but uh, I was just praying around the property. And when I got almost back to him, it was a pretty big lot. He comes running over to me and said, what did you just do? Because something changed. I felt it. And that really surprised me. I just said, well, nothing. I didn't do anything. I, I, I just prayed. And he looked at me with a very serious look on his face and said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He knew the verse. That's James 5, 16. And I said, that's right. You see, he used to go to church. You know, I just say, Lord, many people have been raised to love you and know your word, but have drifted away from that instruction. Use me to remind them that leaving you behind always means leaving life behind. It means death is all that's ahead. Wake them up to their true destination before it's too late. Please, Lord, whatever it takes. In Jesus' name. Psalm 44.3 says, uh, They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. You see, God was the reason for their victory. He's still the reason for victory today. It wasn't human weapons or human strength. It was God. So I said, okay, Bill, we're ready to, to stake this property. And I handed in the stake and a, and a hammer, sledgehammer. And I said, the first, the first stake, the first corner is going to be the hardest. And, and I said that before I even thought about it. I don't know what made me even say it, except that it was probably the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we were going to put the first stake at the, at the front uh, right-hand corner of the property, which was right by a stop sign and a big mound of dirt, you know, and I thought, you know, uh, you know, why did I say the first corner is going to be the hardest? It's, it should be easy. And, um, he, he looked at me like, you know, why'd you say that? But why do you think this is going to be easy? Or, the, or do you think this is going to be the hardest one first? And I don't know. I just, I just felt like it would be. So he gets on his knees and he's a lot bigger than me. He's much stronger than me. He's taller than me. And he gets down on his knees. He's a big, strong guy. And he's got this nine inch. At this point, we were using uh, metal angle iron stakes, very tough, put verses all on them with a magic marker. And he starts hitting the stake in the ground. It's nine inches long. He gets about halfway in and I hear it clang. It hit something. And I was kind of embarrassed. He couldn't get it in. I mean, he was hitting it harder and harder. In fact, he's finally, he's down on both knees and he's two hand in it. He's way bigger than me. And he's, it's, it's like, you know, a, a tent peg thing. He's, he's hitting it and it's clanging, but it's not going in. And the edges of the, of the top of that stake were getting a little wider each time he hit the, the metal was spreading out because it was not going in. And I'm just sort of, at this point, I'm just shocked and embarrassed you know, I'm saying, you know, Lord, I'll put your name on the line in front of this unbeliever. Uh, you're big enough to handle this. He's watching. Help me. Tell me what to do. And I just said, uh, before I even realized what I was saying, I said, uh, you're doing fine, Bill, but I'll have to help you on this first one. Give me the hammer. He looks up at me like I'm crazy because I'm a lot smaller than him and he's hitting it with all he's got. And he kind of says, okay. And he hands me the hammer and backs up. And I just, you know, I, I bent down and prayed that little prayer. Lord, I need your help. I, you know, do I need to move it? And I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to hit it first. Just see what happens. And I hit it and it went in and I hit it again. It went in and I, my eyes got bigger with each hit. It was going in and it, and it went all the way in. I sunk it all the way. 
it was only halfway in of the nine inches. I got the other four and a half inches in just, just a, a few hits. Like there was not a problem. It wasn't easy, but it went and he was giving it all he had and he's way stronger and bigger than me. And, and it wasn't moving. So he's shocked, but I'm even more shocked. And I get up and I walk away headed toward the next corner. Just say, come on, let's go get the next one. And, and I'm hoping he doesn't see the shock on my face. Cause I'd be embarrassed if, if he saw in me that, that, that I was surprised that it worked. And, and he's following me saying, how did you do that? I was hitting it way harder than you. And I'm, I'm stronger than you. How did it go in? And I said, don't worry about it. It's a spiritual thing. The next one will be easier. Don't even know why I said that, but I did. Got to that corner and it's in the yard uh, between this business and the, the bankrupt nursing home that's behind this property. And uh, I, I bend down and, and, uh, and I got, got to hitting and uh, or let him bend down and get to hitting and nothing. It went in halfway. Same thing. It stopped again. And I patted him on the shoulder and I said, Bill, you, you're doing great, but I'm going to have to help you on this one too. And now he's a believer. He backs up and says, okay, yeah, here, here, go ahead. And, and uh, gives me the, the sledgehammer and I've been down and I'm praying still again. And, and bam, I hit it. And it just starts, it just sinks in very, very easy, more, more easily than the first time. And I'm still shocked. So I get up and I start walking to the next corner before he can see the shocked look on my face. And he's following me saying, how did you do that? How are you getting these in when I can't get them in? I'm stronger and bigger than you. I said, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, you'll get the next one. Don't worry about it. And, uh, Okay, so he did. He got the next one. He hammered it in. It went all the way. It wasn't easy, but he got it in. And then I'm thinking spiritually. So I said, okay, the last one's going to be the hardest. I mean, going to be the uh, easiest because we've got, we're three quarters done. The first one was the hardest and the last one's going to be the easiest. We're almost done. You know, the enemy is, is on the run now. I'm thinking spiritually. And so um, we get up to the last spot where it's going to go. And I wish I hadn't said that because there was asphalt and there was no grass anywhere, no grassy knoll. And it, you don't know what's under the asphalt. It could be some concrete or rocks or whatever. And I kind of wish I hadn't said anything. And he's, he looks at me like, okay, you said this is going to be easy. He'd been down and he hit it and it just, it went in like butter. And he, he gets, he stands up and he's exasperated. He looks at me and he said, how did you know that was going to be easy? I said, I don't know. I just was thinking spiritually and, I thought it would. And so that's what I said. And uh, so I said, okay, let's, let's go inside the building now before and pray in the building. And this building had all these weird things going on. And that's why he was so scared. He had voices and he'd been having nightmares and, and seeing things and just all kinds of strange things. And so we walked in the front door of his building and, and that's where his business was. And, and I said, which room had the most occurrences of unusual or weird stuff? He said, the conference room. I said, okay. So let's go in there and pray. So he had written out, he said he really didn't know how to pray, but he had written out a little prayer. He was going to pray. And me and my friend who'd introduced me, he was there too. And he, we were both going to pray and then he was going to pray. So we did, we went in that conference room and, and uh, we, we prayed, my buddy prayed, then I prayed and then Bill read his little prayer basically. And then we said, amen. And I said, okay, how do you feel? And, you know, I had watched his demeanor change during this whole process. He had, he was nervous and anxious and uh, what are we going to do? And, and then by now he's relaxed and he's talking slower and, you know, he's saying, wow, how did you know this? And, you know, prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All these things had happened in the last few minutes and he was obviously much better. So I said, how do you feel? He said, I'm, I feel much better. I'm so th thanks for coming and helping me do this. And I said, well, let me just warn you um, how, what I'm concerned about and how I'm going to be praying for you. He said, okay, well, what is it? 
I said, we know there's stories in the Bible about, you know, a guy gets rid of a demon and he went and got seven more demons and came back and the guy's worse off than before. I know demons can return. And I know Jesus at times would say, come out of him and don't come back. And so I know they can return. And, and, you know, I just, I'm just going to ask, have you been baptized? And he said, no, but I've thought about it. And I said, well, open you got his Bible. I said, open your Bible and read a verse for me. He opened his Bible. And I said, read Acts 2.38. And he read it. You must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I said, bingo. You see, the Holy Spirit, which apparently is it begins at baptism, uh, of indwelling your your body, uh, the Holy Spirit is the defense you're going to need against the enemy's offense. And so I just want you to know, I'm going to be praying that you'll be baptized, because I think that will help make a difference long term in your situation. He says, okay, I understand. Let me just tell you, the next week, he and his wife both named Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they both wanted to be baptized. And he prays for me every day. Now, you won't believe what this led to, but I'm going to save the next story for the next episode. So today, let me suggest that part of your personal battle plan probably needs to be focused prayer and baptism. Baptism is too good to miss out on. It's commanded by Jesus himself. It's an act of obedience. It's a symbol of your connection to the Lord. And consider also, as part of your battle plan, maybe staking your home, business, office, school, or place of employment. If you have any interest in supporting this ministry, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting active-faith.org, entering the site, and click the donate button. Thank you for helping keep this podcast going. See you next time on Battle Plan. And we're going to talk about the mezuzah, the steak, and anointing oil. Don't miss it. Keep praying because prayer works. God loves you and I love you.